But the first thing I believe is prioritizing transparency. The faculty, it's important for them to first clearly delineate their expectation regarding how their students utilize AI. And it would be great if it were detailed on the syllabus. That would be ideal. But also, for the student needs to, if they utilize AI, I feel that it should be disclosed to their, their professor, their faculty, whomever they are responsible to. The Digital to Learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning. Our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones, sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Thank you for joining us. And now, the Digital to Learn podcast. Welcome to the Digital to Learn podcast. I'm Tiffany Snyder, and I'm here with my co-host, Brad Garner. Hi, Brad. Hi, Tiffany. And I just want to stop for a moment and pay tribute to you. Um, <laughs> we've done over 200 episodes. And I just want to say straight up, I would walk across the street to do a <laughs> podcast with you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, it has been a blast. And I can honestly say uh, I'm I'm shocked we're still going strong. I mean, both of us, I think, um, have a tendency to chase the bright, shiny new thing. And we, we say that in some of our past podcast episodes, we warn against it. But we have stuck with this now for five years, going to be six years. I don't know. I can't even believe it. And I thought you were going to say, we've done, we've done this. We've continued. We worked hard. And thank you so much for carrying all the weight. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, Well, keep dreaming. (laughs) Uh, But this isn't about us. We last week had an opportunity to speak with Judy Keeler about a topic that's so important in higher ed and outside of higher ed industry, and that is prompt engineering and generative AI and what that means for students, for faculty, administrators, for employers and employees. And um, we have a chance to continue that conversation today. If you didn't get a chance to catch part one, you're going to want to go back and tune in. Otherwise, we're going to continue on with part two with Judy Keeler on the Digital to Learn podcast. So welcome back, Judy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and thanks for having me. I am very excited and enjoy that iterative process of using both the image and the text generated generative opportunities with AI. And I have noticed that I feel a little bit more relaxed and confident when I don't like something to say, that's not what I asked you for. I used to be very polite, (laughs) but I'm getting kind of like, that's not what I said. I really need, and I go back and it's like, sometimes they say your pet is very loyal, even when they, they shouldn't be like, you haven't been the best pet parent. I feel like that maybe without that human element, I do fear that some of us might get a little lazy and unpracticed in our relationships, because if you really did have an assistant and you were giving them feedback, it can take, it can be a much drawn out process with a lot more emotions considered, where you have to not just think about what you want to tell them, but how you deliver it and when. (laughs) Whereas with AI, you're moving quick because you're like, no, (laughs) I actually want this. No, you could just keep that going. So it's a beautiful thing. But almost another opportunity or in our daily lives to turn to technology to speed things up and skip some of that relational stuff that can weigh us down sometimes. What do you think? I agree with that. That's really a good point. But you also just reminded me of another piece of this. So 
you have to constantly tell ChatGPT or Bard or Goo or whatever chat you're using, you have to tell it also, please make this factual, make the tone friendly, please do not create or make up data. You have to tell it that because what will happen is it'll get creative and just put whatever it wants in there. So you just made me remember that is another piece of what we need to really pay attention to. Hold it accountable. <laughs> yeah. As an expert prompt engineer, what advice would you give others who are afraid of losing their careers? Kind of like the example I just shared about replacing an assistant, perhaps. For those that are afraid of losing their careers to the technology or hesitant about how to prepare for an AI-proof career path, what kind of advice would you offer? I love this question as well. Number one, I do want to say this to any corporation, university, whomever is listening I would advise you to upskill your employees and to invest mm -hmm. in corporate training or teach your employees how to do the prompt engineering or how to utilize AI in their jobs. But for the individual, as you ask, it's understandable for people to feel apprehensive about AI's impact on jobs because we've all heard that it can impact technology. It can, it, Across the board, it can impact a lot of different jobs. My advice is for people to be, I need for them to be strategic with their skills development and to have an adaptive mindset. This is not something just for the 20 plus year olds. It's for everyone. Everyone can be involved and learn how to utilize generative AI. Also view AI as a collaborator, not the enemy. What can AI do for you? Or how can AI serve you? I think that, that mindset will also help. I think that it's important for people to understand the AI governance. And what do I mean by that? Understand the AI ethics, understand the best practices. And also, I think we all need to know how it's going to be regulated because that will impact how we engage with it. And then prioritize perpetual learning, increase your knowledge, your skills, stay curious and mentally agile. Take free classes, get certificates, get certified. I spent money and time and hours to do that. And then here's the biggest thing. Dream and imagine how AI can impact your industry, your job, or even your personal life. I see a lot of people doing planning, trip planning, and making their own workout schedule. There's a lot of things that AI can do for you personally as well. Those are great pieces of advice. I want to give credit to Mike Jones for this next question I'm going to ask you. We know that you've done a lot of work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we prompted ChatGPT with this prompt. What is a good question to ask Judy about the art of prompt engineering as it relates to DEI? So here's a question that ChatGPT generated for you. How can prompt engineering contribute to a more inclusive and culturally sensitive interaction with language models? ensuring diversity and mitigating biases for a more equitable user experience. Whoa. That's can, a lot. If you can answer that question, you're brilliant. If you can understand. I don't think I'm brilliant, but I do understand the question and I, I rather like it because I think we all need to understand this. So before I, I get into the meat of that, if you'll allow me, I want to first review how 
AI models are trained. There's ag- mm-hmm. algorithms, analysis, excuse me, of ma- ma- massive, I want to say massive, but massive data sets that contain millions and millions of examples like images, text excerpts, videos, the internet, everything that's out there. And the software, what it does is it looks for patterns in these examples to extract common rules and features. And also through the data mining processes, the AI system learns connections between inputs and outputs. And we know that there's different types. There's generative, where you create images, text, audio from scratch, based on the patterns that AI has learned from trained data, training on the data. Then there's predictive, which are forecasts. And then there's reactive, which you respond, it responds to you in real time in environmental-based situations. But more specifically, the reason why I went through all that is because we have to understand that the data that AI is trained on, there are biases within there. And that's natural because everyone has biases, good or bad. We all have biases because the environment we grew up in or the theories we were exposed to, we all have different experiences and that's that's normal. So what's important is to understand that The data that your system, there are some organizations, let me give you a good example, like the University of Michigan Hospital. They could have all of their patient files or diagnosis and things like that. They could have their own data set, but they need to scrub it and look at it, make sure there's no personal identifiers. They could scrub that database and then utilize that to train their own open AI system. Mm -hmm. So... That is one way that a company or a yeah, a company more specifically could protect their database and make sure that the biases are taken out. So those are some of the things that 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 need to be factored in and looked at because whatever is put in the system is what's going to come out. Yeah. And that's what's going to train the system. And I'm not going to mention names, but one of one of our large, companies in the world, one of the largest in the world, when they first broached the AI with a product of theirs, they ended up having to discontinue the product because what was happening is that their product would recognize and say one person of a certain ethnicity, they would have whenever that ethnicity's name was entered into the database, it would only show one person. So what it was doing was showing this bias, indicating that all people of that ethnicity look like this, yeah. and this is them. So yeah. we have to, that this is important, I think. Another one, and I'm not going to name the name, but they started using AI in recruiting in HR. And so what they would do is the women would not be passed on for interviews. It favored men because of the data that it was utilizing. Yeah. So we just, we have to be careful. And also another bias that I really think is important, we have people that may be learning impaired or visually impaired. So DEI goes beyond just gender or ethnicity or religion. It also entails accessibility and people's ability to be able to explore and enjoy the same things that we all do. I heard a little bit more more often lately the term AI literacy and the need for it in K through 12 and also in higher ed and maybe even in companies and in, in industry, some more AI literacy. But as you're talking, I imagine that there is a major DEI component that could become, it's not already 
a major part of that literacy piece is just understanding the connection there between DEI and how to view, understand, critique, evaluate, and apply what's coming from the AI technology, the data that's there. Well said, correct, I agree. So Judy, as our faculty and students continue to navigate the generative AI advancements, what advice would you give them as they move into this new future? Well, there are a couple areas that I think would be helpful for the faculty and students to focus on in order to avoid this integrity crisis, which I, I call plagiarism and integrity crisis. But the first thing I believe is prioritizing transparency. The faculty, it's important for them to first clearly delineate their expectation regarding how their students utilize AI. And it would be great if it were detailed on the syllabus. That would be ideal. But also for the student needs to, if they utilize AI, I feel that it should be disclosed to their their professor, their faculty, whomever they are responsible to. And then the next thing is the mastery of paraphrasing protocols, because I know that there are students that use AI, but when they rephrase it, it really still will accidentally be plagiarizing material. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that should be defined and taught. Also, updating the originality checking. There are some universities that have plagiarism detectors, but I think that all universities should invest in the advanced ones because there are, just like there's different iterations or generations of AI, there's different generations of the plagiarism and the levels and the way that it takes hold. So I think combining the well-trained human review process with improved software that will produce a robust gatekeeper and keep everyone above board and on the same page. Then the last thing I will say is that I think that it's critical that the promotion of ethical conversations take place because with that, the faculty, they can equip the students with an ethical framework. That way there's no confusion and everyone's on the same page and it helps to guide the decision-making concerning what's appropriate, an appropriate use of AI in academics. We recently had a conversation with a faculty member who used our campus-based plagiarism detection tool on an essay that a student had written, and it came up 5%, which is a pretty low number for those types of devices. But then he next selected the AI detector, and it came up at 100%. Whoa. <laughs> See, and I don't think most faculty go that extra. Some don't even go the first step. But many then don't go the second step as well. And the way I look at those tools, if it says it's plagiarized or it's AI, that simply is a way to have a conversation with a student and not to penalize them, to punish them necessarily, give them a chance to do it over and teach it as a, use it as a teaching moment. I totally agree. That's a teachable moment. No, you're exactly right. This is new to everyone. So I mm -hmm. think that some people are really still trying to figure out what's appropriate and what's not. So what you said, Brad, is exactly, totally agree. Because you've joined us today, Judy, we're going to give you a unique opportunity. We have what is known as the Digital to Learn Magic Wand. And over the years, our guests have made predictions 
And I believe the most recent data indicates that 95% of those have come true. Now that you have access to the wand, what would you change about artificial intelligence or the way that it, we're currently interacting with it? Okay, I'm waving my wand. <laughs> I love this question because I think about this a lot. The first thing that I would do is to educate the masses on AI. And I would use that to help alleviate the fear and angst. I have people from all over the world contacting me saying, help, I don't know what this is. What should I do? Am I going to lose my job? Help me to understand how to wrap my head around this. The fear is mm -hmm. there because you, you constantly see in the news, uh, 100,000 software jobs are gone because ChatGPT can also do this. <laughs> so I really want us all to understand what it is and how we can utilize it and make it our friend instead of our foe. Another thing I would do is I would make it more accessible to kids for education, but I would want it in a controlled and safe environment. I wrote a grant to help reduce liter to increase the literacy rate. And I utilized some of the AI pieces and then also books and games and different things like that. And I really believe that we can utilize AI to help close that learning gap, mm. especially after COVID, because you, I know the two of you both know about some of the horrendous setbacks that took place in our children. And the children in elementary, it's going to impact them when they get to higher ed. So I think that it needs to be a complete pipeline of how we address this. Absolutely. Then also, I would love to help people as individuals and in businesses in general to understand how AI pertains to their lives personally and professionally. There are some corporations that still look at AI and say, well, that sounds really great, but what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my business operations, my marketing, the sales, our employee training, HR, onboarding? It, it, it touches literally every part of your organization. And that's something that I'm passionate mm -hmm. about is helping people to understand how to engage successfully with that. I've been approached by universities and corporations to sit on their board because of my background with finance, profit and loss, management consulting, change management, DEI and AI. All of these things and strategic planning, all of these things are critical to understand because they're not just pieces. It's a puzzle and all of those pieces fit together. So those are the changes that I would make mm -hmm. in how we interact with AI. Judy, I just I just asked uh, ChatGPT to give me a review of Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> and here's what here's what ChatGPT said: Overall, Earth, Wind, and Fire's legacy is one of musical innovation, positive energy, and enduring <laughs> popularity. Their timeless music continues to resonate with audiences of all generations, making them a celebrated and enduring force in the world of music. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we know that ChatGPT is smart now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's been a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you. I've enjoyed speaking with the two of you. This has been fantastic. And to our listening audience, we will continue to periodically bring someone on the show to talk about generative AI because Judy said, we don't want you to have that fear and that angst. We can do this. There is hope and opportunity in the area of AI and we're going to bring those opportunities to light on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Judy. Thanks, Brad. Keep wearing that 
shirt that I love so much. The color blocking is working for you. And we will have our listening audience back next week on Digital to Learn with a new guest, new topic. And we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Digital to Learn. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are three things we ask you to do. One, come back and join us again. Two, tell your friends about us. And three, give us a positive ranking on your favorite podcast platform. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning.